Alcatraz, Arab Spring, one billion rising Freedom schools, the Maroons, rebellion thriving We've been rising since the dawn of creation Sun in the blood of our veins, liberation Welcome to Feral Visions, a decolonial feminist podcast brought to you by the grassroots adult freedom school Liberation Spring. I'm your host, Anjali Nathupadia. Let's begin with a content note or trigger warning. Here at Feral Visions, we go deep. And that often means courageously addressing imperialist, white supremacist, cis-heteropatriarchal, capitalist settler colonialism in order to support healing and transformation. Bypassing isn't an option. The only way out is through. The time for denial is over. And today's a great day to keep it real. Since we're unapologetically truth-telling, please practice excellent self and community care while listening. To begin on that note, I invite you to join me for one deep breath right now so that we can be as present as is realistically possible moving forward with this dialogue. If you're feeling it, do inhale, then exhale with me right now. Thank you for showing up to do this work. Let's dive right in. To the place where we can all attain emancipation from oppression, break the chains from Haiti to Tibet and worldwide. Don't forget the resistance in our roots and resilience in our breath. In the blood of our veins, liberation runs. We are standing on the shoulders of the ancient ones. Tune in for this wonderful dialogue with the mother-daughter duo that is Baby Mamahood. Mama Juju and Zion Angelus help folks move beyond a one-size-fits-all approach to parenting, motherhood, and families, and bring back the ceremony to birth. Juju and Zion are also the creators of a love adventure project and radical childbirth. Juju is a solo, single parent, a full-spectrum doula, poet, and communes with plant relatives. Currently in her 12th year as a parent, she deeply loves parenthood and nature, and holds radical mama support spaces for single mamas of color in East Ohlone land. Zion, her daughter, is a student at Decolonized Academy. On a Grammy-nominated album by Alphabet Rockers entitled Hashtag Rise Shine Woke and Loves Making Slime, they both create plant medicine to heal common symptoms that people face as parents and radical beings and both want to become midwives. Currently, they're working on a revolutionary community reparations model, shout out to Poor Magazine and Homefulness, through Patreon. Juju writes, quote, Our hope is to create a revolutionary model of fiscal responsibility through community input so that we can exclusively serve our community, end quote. To find out more or to stay in touch, please visit babymamahood.com. They say, We all know that it takes a village to raise a child, but it also takes children to continue the village. We believe that if we decolonized our imaginations and lead and make amends with this intention, our actions can transform communities through our resurgence of our collective autonomy, our power, and our culture. We know better, and we need your help to be better. 
Good afternoon. It is so great to have you both on the show. Welcome to the podcast. How are you doing today? Good. I'm doing well. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Yeah. Absolutely. It's an honor. And just so that you all know, this is the first time that I've had a mother and a daughter on the show at the same time. So that is so special, if you ask me. So thank you so much for both agreeing to come on the show at the same time. That's really a treat. Yay. That's awesome. Yeah. Hopefully we see more moms and daughters. Yes, please. I hope so. Yes. For real. Such a special experience. Well, there's so much that we could get into today. However, I would love for us to start with this new project that y'all are working on, Baby Mamahood. Mm. Could you tell our listeners a little bit about that, please? Yeah, for sure. Baby Mamahood actually is a blog that I started, um, I don't know, I think Zion was around three or four years old. She's (laughs) 11 now. Is it that that long ago? I can't remember. Yeah. Um, but basically, I started it because I was just like really tired of of the negative connotations that come in the hood when you call someone baby mama. And I just felt really empowered by being a single mom. And I thought that I should write my story and like redefine the word baby mama. And through that redefinition, it really allowed me to empower myself on this journey, which I feel like as a person raising another person who's also a womb holder, like I need to model to her what it feels like to be like really strong in my singularity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much yeah. for that. What has the project meant for you so far, Zion? Well, I feel like the project felt more like as like a generation I want to bring on for my children. So if I want to have a baby, then that baby will become a mama, and then she will have another baby, and I'll become a mama. It's gonna the the generation DNA will keep going on and on. So baby mama hood, like my mom said, can be not just a silly word, and says something that's powerful for women. Mm, thank you for that. And, you know, maybe some of our listeners might not have ever really thought about Mm. this topic in this way before. And it's so very important. And so I'm wondering, could you explain a little bit more about why this is so important right now and especially in this moment in time? Mm. I feel like this topic is really important because globally women are heads of households. Um, It's a story that we really don't see in an empowering way. And It's like a global phenomenon. I think in the United States, it's like half of people who have families come from single parenthood. And usually how those stories are depicted is like you're a welfare queen and you're, you know, you made a bad choice. And not really realizing that if, let's say, you did have a child with someone and you're from these inner city streets, like what is your pick of the litter, right? I hate to say it like that, but like, what is it? And... So the choice is even saying that, well, you had a choice is even like a really loaded thing. And so I feel like for me, the way that patriarchy is, the way that toxic masculinity is set up and the way that affects the communities that I come from, I have to make a real like decision with my life and say, do I want to define my motherhood based on whoever contributed sperm to me or do I want to define it based on my ideals and my aspirations to be a mother and to like really honor that in a way where it feels like divine, where it feels like I'm in tune with nature, where I I feel a part of my community, you know? And so I feel like a lot of, a lot of my friends, a lot of the things that I see 
who are single mothers, they're either struggling to to get a man to be present in the child's life or to have some like form of resources, or they have severed that and are just miserable because they feel like they did something wrong. And I was like, how am I doing something wrong if I decide to stay, right? If I decide to have this child and be a part of their life because I feel like I have something meaningful to offer to them. And I don't think that that should be defined by potentially being with someone who is toxic to femininity, you know, and to that whole energy because this idea that society says that this is how it's supposed to be. So that's part of the reason why I started the project. And I feel like... What happens is too is when you ha- when you carry a lot of shame and a lot of trauma and a lot of guilt, your kids have it too. Like my mom is also someone who raised me as a single mom, and her mom too. And so it's like they carry this weight of feeling ashamed. And then how does that affect your child? How does that affect the way that you parent your child? How does that affect the way that you discipline your child? Are you present as a parent? Or are you not present because you feel like you want to run away from the version of motherhood that you have? And so I'm just like, no, like you can be a baby mama and you can raise your child and you can live in a way where it's aligned to your missions and your values and no one else has to define that for you. Like, that's a choice that you can actually make. It's like everyone doesn't have to have a child through this traditional way of you find a man and then you guys get together and then you stay together and then you have a child and you raise them up together. And that's beautiful if that's what you want. But for the rest of us who don't want that, like, I'm just tired of constantly being defined by that when it doesn't actually define me. Mm-hmm. Um, can I add that t- to that? Please. Um, also, why... we created like this thing you know baby mama hood is um to get into like because she's um explained baby mama i'm gonna explain more about the hood so <laughs> yes please <laughs> <laughs> so hood you might think it's just like a cute catchphrase you know it sounds cute but also why it's like baby mama hood because usually a lot of mamas who are not that privileged or live in the hood um have to figure out ways to I use natural herbal uh, medicine or find education for the child and stuff. So, like, I go to Decolonize Academy, which um, shows a lot of, like, information and good information, not like the colonizer says. And also, like, for a lot of, like, healing stuff, we also um, work in our business stuff, and we also um, make bath salts and a lot of stuff that we make with our own hands, like our people used to do. So I I really appreciate that you mentioned the hood part because that is like a huge piece around like being poor. And that's a real reality thing that we still struggle with or or try to reimagine our ways around that and realizing that the earth has everything that you need, realizing that your mama, that your grandmama, that her great-grandmother, like, had everything that they needed. And that's the reason why we're still here. So, like, honoring, like, the hood and the streets and the people on the ground doing the work to actually heal us and like to heal the generational trauma and so that's also part of baby mamahood is like this mental health piece and creating medicine that cures and not medicine that actually keeps destroying you you know like messing up your pineal gland which is a whole other conversation Mm -hmm. yeah thank you and also just like also talking about like struggles and stuff also when we put hood is also like 
how we were like my mom said like poor um when we grow up we didn't have much money as other people as privileged people and so how we um got up and um woke ourselves and learned about culture about things that that were hidden from us and things that we didn't even know of and we started um you know helping each other out mentally and physically and we started um building the revolutionary mm-hmm. well said thank you for sharing that And something that I appreciate so much that you've both been sharing is this critique of the way that the dominant society pressures this sort of one-size-fits-all idea of families onto people that have very different cultural approaches and understandings to what a family looks like and what this idea of family even means. And then also, right, healing and wellness and health more broadly. Could you talk a little bit more about how the work that you're doing is helping expand people's understanding of what healthy families could look like, what it could feel like to be in a healthy family and move beyond that kind of shame uh, that so many of us experience from the mainstream society and pressure to fit into this sort of cookie-cutter model that's super cis-heteropatriarchal that some of us have never had any kind of interest in to begin with. Could you talk a little bit about that piece, please? I feel like The work that we're doing is to work with ourselves, really like honing in and like constantly creating solutions around how do we deal with this idea that you just brought up, a philosophical idea that is like supported by racism and supported by classism, cis heteropatriarchal is, you know, white supremacy. All those things are created for us so that we can believe in this idea, right? And so I was like, well, I can create my own idea too. That's kind of like where I was coming from. It's like, well, my life in and of itself and the choices that I'm making just because I am a black woman, because I share Taino blood, because I'm also a mother and decided to be a mother as a single person, like my life is the revolution in and of itself. And the way that I see myself expanding is just by having these conversations, by creating opportunities like for instance one of the things that I do is I have a radical mom support group it's all for women of color it's all for single moms and I do it about once a month I canical farm in East Oakland and it's all about that is to just get that shit off your chest like get it off your chest this idea that you have to fit into this one size fits all bullshit and I think in Oakland I feel like people already have this understanding around one size fits all but you really have to decolonize like almost everything that you've been taught and one of the things that I did very young with Zion is I had to tell her because all the stories that I read to her all the picture books around family always had two parents like always usually a male and a female and that was seen as a complete unit and I had to remind her through our own life through other people's life that that's not what it looks like all the time And that's okay. Like something is not wrong with you because your family doesn't look a certain way. And I think that's the piece that's really scary is that we're saying that this is the right way to do it. And if you do anything outside of that, then something is wrong with you. And so for me, like that's again, why the reason why I started Baby Mamahood is to shift that perspective and to really give a fullness to motherhood in general that is really lacking in the dominant society because I feel like even to this day, women who have become single mothers or people who have become single mothers or single parents, they still feel like I need to find a partner to complete my family. And I'm just like, 
No, my family is complete, you know. And so I want to give some space for Zion to talk, but I also do doula work, which is something that I didn't think that I would ever do. And I could talk more about that. Yeah. So to add into that, I just want to like, because I know we've been talking about like how we're colonizing ourselves, our mind, cleansing ourselves and how, how it's good for us. But how we give back to the community is, well, we're doulas and we help with births and for our business, we're making bath salts and stuff. We're also trying to make a radical childbirth website that we're also working on. We're also like trying to make rubs for mothers and stuff. So baby mamahood is all connected to all these, you know, stuff that we do. Yeah. Outside and things we do, um, like as jobs or like things that we love to do. And also like websites and businesses. All it's like baby mamahood is like our life. It's the foundation of how we interact with one another. It's the foundation, but I also see it as, a, as an umbrella, you know? And I feel like our ask and our goal is to actually be able to share it because even to share is also like a form of privilege because you need the resources in order to be able to share things, right? You want to share from your saucer. You don't want to share from your cup because you need to be full, right? And you need to be someone who's deeply grounded, you know, and can really like take on a lot of work because being a mother is a lot of work. It's a lot of unseen work that goes into creating a child who can articulate their needs and their wants in a way that my daughter, like her, hearing her talk right now is like so mind blowing to me because I'm someone who suffers from PTSD. I'm someone who sees a therapist twice a week. I'm someone who has gone through a lot of deep emotional trauma as a kid all the way up to a teenager and like working to unpack those things now right and to colonize that off my body right and to still have a child who's intact to have a child who can listen deeply who have a child who is very articulate and I and that's like part of like I want to share this with everyone that I know because it's not just single moms who need this like people without kids need this because you're also a mom. Like I tell people who don't have children, like you can you can mother as well. You can also be, like you said, a caretaker. And the earth needs that too. The way that Mama Earth is suffering so deeply, we need to be better caretakers. And, and that takes a lot of thought. It takes a lot of meditation. It takes a lot of deep awareness because we have been so disconnected from our story, from our original story. And so baby mamahood is like, okay, you trying to make fun of me because I'm not married to someone and you want to diminish me into a baby mama. So I'm going to do what all black folks do. We're going to take this bad word and mm-hmm. we're going to make it into a positive thing mm-hmm. for us so that we can actually live in this society and not just survive. But I'm really interested in thriving. You know, that's that's my interest is to thrive. You know, I also would like to travel. I would also like to, you know, go to midwifery school, like all the things. But that takes support. And I think that's part of like, you know, the sharing is like I do share, but I would like to share more. And I think that the only way that's possible and I think just for everyone in general, whether they're poor or not, is to have a support, you know, to have support. Yeah, thank you so much oh, for sharing that. Please, of course. One of the things that also caught my eye was when she said, like, a lot of men that we dealt with our life and, you know, other people dealt with, like, a lot of abusive um, behavior, you know. <laughs> it's hard to explain, you know. And also, like, a lot of um, cultures um, that I have seen in movies and, and, you know, people have said, like, if you want to have, like, a baby, you got to get married, um, mostly with, like, a guy and stuff. But re- really, it's just your life, and 
they also like make these stories and things that we have to do just to have a baby or whatever when you can just not and you just make the person do it you know and it just feels like peace <laughs> broken mm. <laughs> Yeah, thank you for bringing up that piece about media, how all of those mm-hmm. movies and TV shows and songs so often are just spreading poison and propaganda and trying to pressure people into something yeah. that might not have ever fit for them. Yeah. When or manu- manipulate people or confuse people a lot. But I want to say something when you said abuse, because I think that's huge. Like, yeah. there are people who stay in relationships because they're being abused, right? But they stay because they feel like they need that person for their survival somewhere or another. And that's a real concern, you know? Yeah. But luckily, I feel like we live in a society where, there, especially here in Oakland, like, there's a lot of resources, a lot of people who care, there's a lot of people who understand that. And so... I don't want, especially women, I don't want women to stay in a relationship because, in an abusive relationship, because they feel like that's their only narrative, right? Like, they have to stay there. And I'm and I'm telling you, no, you don't. You don't have to do that. It's, it's definitely a choice. And again, it could be a choice, a privileged choice, but I feel like once you shift your mind, you shift, everything else shifts. That's been my yeah. life. I've seen that work for me so well, you know? So people say, like, when you say um, that they have to be in an abusive relationship, even though they think that they have to be in a relationship, if we talk to them, like, you should stop doing this, blah, 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 blah then they're not going to, you know, they're not going to, like, think about it. They're just going to be like, nah, I want to stay in this. But we need, like, people to um, can do that so they can be role models for them so they can actually be like, oh. So we need a lot of role models here. I really appreciate you saying that because people have actually come up to me who don't have kids and they're like, seeing y'all makes me feel like this is possible for me. And a lot of people have a lot of childhood trauma. Like violence is such a thing that happens here a lot. And we really don't talk about it. Like the Me Too movement now is getting a lot of airtime and I'm happy that those conversations are happening. But this is something that starts really, at least for me, it started as a kid, as a five-year-old kid, you know? And it's like... People feel like they can't be a parent because of things that they saw and the way that they were parented. And so, again, mm-hmm. like being role models is like is it was something that I never thought that, you know, it's kind of cheesy sometimes. But I never thought that I would find purpose like in motherhood and like create like, you know, an idea, a business, a lifestyle that works for me in Zion and sharing that with other people so that they can create their own lifestyles that might work for them and not for this story that they're trying to fulfill. Mm-hmm. And also, in media, they say having a kid without a co-parent or man is a mistake, which um, it's just like people watch these things because those are role models. Like They're just like, oh, if they're doing that, what about I could just do it? They're famous, you know, they live in a life. So um, a lot of people also been accused or been said mean things to because they had a baby or their parents not with them or they don't want one or they accidentally have a baby. You know, it's like, oh, that's just a mistake. Well, when you have like all these like PTSD or all that stuff, it doesn't just happen automatically. Like a lot of things, sometimes you feel like it's true or... A lot of things happen, a lot of communication or abuse or stuff like that. So I feel like a lot of people are, you know, listening to these words and then just whispering to other people's ears. Not like, 
actually doing that, but you know what I mean? Yeah, it is so important to have those alternative role models, if you ask me, um, that do expand our understanding of what's possible. And I know definitely, uh, you know, my mom was in an abusive relationship Mm -hmm. and the way that she got out was by dying. And so that's why when I see the kind of example that y'all are sharing with the world, I'm serious when I say it's life saving. And like, right, her mother before her raising her kids as a single mom, like like their mother before them raising their kids as a single mom. And why not honor that? Like, why not honor that and Mm -hmm. exalt that Mm -hmm. and not belittle it? Mm-hmm. And betray things, it. Mm-hmm. And like I said, things like that, like all those happens of people threatening them or just abusive relationships, it just turns into suicide, all mm. this, all these things that happen. But nobody, everybody's just like, oh, it's okay. It just causes more more harm. Shame causes more harm. That's all yeah. it does. And, mm-hmm. and even if they're pregnant, it just gives them more doubt. Mm. Mm. Yeah, and we could be making miracles instead, and we could be expanding love Mm -hmm. and care and support, coming back to what you were talking about earlier. But it's not always their fault, you know, because that's what they have been learned. Mm -hmm. So people people think that they're the victim, but people are behind this. People are just telling people this. And a lot of things happen, like if you were learned to just kill food and stuff to get food, then of course that's what you're going to keep doing. Right. If I learn math, then I learn math. I know how to do math. So once you teach these children or whoever or let them watch this stuff, because their age is not that traumatizing, but once you teach people these things, they're going to start doing those things. And once they start doing those things, they're going to be the victim when they just learned it. So mm. if you really think about it, it's not their fault. But they should not be doing it. But that's what they learned their like whole life, or you know, they just learned it. You know, some of the things that we have said, we learn. People learn these as children. It's just mind blowing. Mm. For sure, I think what I get from that is that like it's a ripple effect, mm-hmm. and whatever I teach her, she's gonna go somewhere and teach it somewhere else. And I tell people this all the time. Like I'm doing capitalism a huge favor. Like I'm mm. doing free labor. Mm. for someone Mm -hmm. who's going to be an outstanding person one day. And then if she decides to have kids, and if I taught her all my trauma and not a way to express it or to circumvent it or what to eat, how to commune with nature, how to be an outstanding, not just a citizen for the state, but how to be an outstanding person for the earth as well and the people around you and lifting people up. If I didn't teach her that, she's going to have a baby and learn whatever she learned. And then it's a continual thing that in the community we call a generational trauma, generational curses in the Bible. And we've learned that this is slavery is still in our DNAs. And it's like, it's all these things that we're constantly learning. The information is out there. And then the question becomes, my question became, what am I going to do about it? Because mm-hmm. I'm not going to be an agent mm-hmm. of this society. Thank you, you know, right. You know, we're not going to always be the ones here to keep talking to them, like keep saying. So people like need to like, take this information and just bring it on like baby mama hood is not just a one thing time it's gonna i want this to be for all my kids all their kids before it's just a whole generation and don't feel bad about what they're doing if they have a baby or not if they want to be alone or not if they do then that's what they want if they don't then that's what they want so hopefully this keeps going generations and generations my kids and then they'll be a mama and their baby, and then they'll have maybe the baby will have them, 
another baby, and there'll be a mama, you know, keep it going. Mm-hmm. And, you know, speaking of birth, I want to take it back to birth support. So you yeah. mentioned, right, being a doula earlier. So maybe yeah. we could come back around to that. Could you talk a little bit about the role that birth support plays in this broader picture? Right. So I just want to say that I didn't think that I would ever do birth work. I never thought that I would want to become a midwife. I never thought that because I never saw the, I guess, the activist role in it. Because I really, when I was younger, I was really interested in advocacy and I wanted to be a lawyer for a long time. And so it was through this woman, Samaya Franklin, who I want to give big shouts out to and who's overseas right now doing midwifery work. She called me and she was like, hey, I'm doing this doula training I was like first of all I don't got doula training money you know and she was like just bring what you can and cook for us and just come through you know and give what you can and I was like okay and I was like but why should I even do this and she was like well you got baby mamahood you're already working with this idea of motherhood and putting your story out there but why not start from the very beginning so I was like okay so I did the doula training then I started volunteering for the homeless prenatal program and so what I found through the work is that women have been fed this lie that they need to do everything themselves, right? And if you don't do everything yourself, something is wrong with you, right? Which is a little bit interesting because I I was just talking about being a singular person raising a kid, right? Mm -hmm. But in that knowing is that I know that I can't do nothing by myself. Mm -hmm. Like, I think a mom doesn't need a father, but they do need partnerships. Mm -hmm. I do create a community around my kid who can also bring her up because I am a singular person and, you know, and sometimes you want you need someone else to bounce ideas off of or you need child care. You need Zion should see positive masculinity in her life. Like I'm not denying that at all. And so I found through birth work that if I can plant these seeds in women and actually physically, emotionally, with informationally support them, then they can probably have a birth that they want to have. And then they can have a better start with their child rather than maybe having postpartum depression or being like anything from that to like hemorrhaging because you're up doing things when you're supposed to be laying down and healing. Mm -hmm. And with birth, the medicalization of birth, if I even go into that rabbit hole, is this whole system around women can't give birth and they need to be drugged up in order for them to do it, which is such bullshit, if I can just say Mm -hmm. it. I was 98 pounds when I got pregnant, gained about 130, and I gave birth to Zion without hooting and hollering, and it wasn't because it wasn't painful, it wasn't because because it wasn't challenging it was because i was like all right so everyone's telling me this is a very challenging time i'm gonna embrace that and i'm gonna have this baby naturally and that's what i did and so i think the way that women have been undermined underpaid under every damn thing right this whole feminist movement started because white women were mad that they were staying at home moms mm. when <laughs> i would love to be a stay i mean i am for the most part to be a stay at home mom like i want that shit like you know i want someone to pay everything and i don't do, have to do anything else but raise some babies that's like life goals for me but that's not gonna happen today or tomorrow or the next day so mm. i just feel like i think that my role in birth work is to show women to honor their feminine goddess self Mm. and to actually like feel confident in saying like, this is my life. This is how I want it to go. And this is how I want to give birth. And so I find myself, especially when I work in the hospital, which I haven't in a while. Thank you, Jesus or, (laughs) or Marisha. I constantly find myself telling staff like, this is not what they want. 
this is can we have a minute to talk about this because what happens is if you don't have support in the hospital with women and we know the rates with african-american women giving birth in this country women of color is like four times more likely to die and Mm -hmm. your baby as well like that is insane and it's Mm -hmm. all because of the kind of care that they're getting and whenever you bring fear doubt low self-esteem especially to a ceremony like birth because birth is a ceremony it's not a medicalized event it's a ceremony you are bringing through a spirit you know (laughs) that is a ceremony and we need to really think about it that way so that we can witness women in their power and in their not so much power because this moment birth is every damn thing every emotion you ever had the excitement the joys the pain the lows and the highs like you're confronting everything and whenever you bring fear doubt that means that you have those adrenaline um, hormones coming in you have all those negative hormones that's going to constrict your body your body's not going to contract and you might end up in a c-section or a very very traumatic experience so we need to bring love back to birth and unfortunately a lot of times in the hospital usually i don't even think it matters if it's a midwife or an ob because the culture is so pervasive is like we don't look at birth like that we look at birth at this emergency when it's not Mm -hmm. you know so i feel like my role in that work is to really bring back the ceremony to birth and the education and the advocacy for women or women you know bodies even Mm -hmm. trans you know Mm -hmm. men have babies as Mm -hmm. well and i want to give voice to that Mm -hmm. you know it's like you are allowed to be called what you want to be called during the birth mm-hmm. and to and to like really be respected because that's crucial. Like you're doing a major thing to your body. Like it's major like it is trauma to your body, what you what you just done. Like birth is a trauma to your body. But if, if that's coupled with like a shitty ass experience, it's gonna stay with you longer than what it actually needs to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Thank you so much for all that you shared around that. Do you wanna jump in? Uh sure. I want to explain more, like I said, about the hood, um, the word hood, like in baby mama hood, and also um, about pregnant mamas and how sometimes happens, which is very sad that we watch a documentary about, just to bring up, uh, which I feel like I should. A lot of women, poor mostly, people of color, who most likely might live in the hood, some people die or their babies die or themselves die from this chemical called cytotec because um there's other chemicals too but they don't it's not it also says in the label it's not for pregnancy um but it also is the cheapest actually of all those pills which just to clarify cytotec is used to induce abortions actually Mm -hmm. and they actually use it to induce birth as well thank you Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so i want to also bring up how you know we also try to like not let um, women have this and also have, like, a natural birth. Or to find, like, natural ways to induce labor because yeah. there are natural mm-hmm. interventions yeah. that you can Absolutely. take. Yeah. One of our well. clients that, well, my mom's client, because um, I didn't have space for me to um, go to her birth, she um was going to, I think, this, like, place where it's, like, program, I think. Um, one of our friends, she wanted to have a baby fast. Well, she didn't have to cytotech, but um, they had um have to have a, what's it called? A cesarean? A C-section. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to call it cesarean birth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Her midwife is just like, just get a cesarean. Um, but my mom was like, you should just dance, have this naturally. She was tired, and you know, birth is not something. It's just not like, oh, it came out. You know, it's it's pain, you know? You got to get through it. And um, 
So my mom was just, come on, stand up, let's dance, you know. Uh, but, you know, you get tired and stuff. But usually we try to um, inspire women, not saying you have to do this, you have to do that. Saying, like, well, we can do this. Right. Um, we wanted, We like to do things naturally, but it's their decision at the end of the day. I just thought those things were really connected and to our do the work. Of course, if bring out cytotech or something like that, we're going to be like, eh, do you feel like this is this is not for pregnancy, you know? Mm-hmm. But we don't be like, don't do this, don't do this. You know, it's end of the day, There's it's their decision, like I said. Right. You can't force a mother to do something because this is like, if we force a mother to do something, that's like, we're saying things that we're not trying to force mothers, you know, to do this stuff, and then we're doing that. Mm-hmm. So... So we're pretty much just like being hypocrites, we're um, being colonizers for natural remedies. Yeah, <laughs> like, uh, like, which is not what we're doing. Yeah, we're trying to say that we're not doing this, but we we're doing it. So right. that's why um I feel like I do the work. I'm gonna be soon going to my first birth on August. Mm-hmm. We do doula trainings um a lot, but I haven't been to a birth. Mm-hmm. But um. You know, it's hard to convince people, which is a whole other topic, that yeah. a child should be there. Sure. You know, in this professionalism, we separate mothers from their kids, anyone right. from their kids. Yeah, right. yeah. You know, I just have to back it up on that front and also share. You know, when my little sister was born, when I was five years old, uh, it was at home. It was a home birth. And the only people that were there assisting were my aunt and my grandmother. And so I grew up thinking that was what birth was. Like a doula who needs a doula, a midwife who needs a midwife. They were like, we've done this before. We'll be fine. My mom had like Mm -hmm. a similar thing. She didn't really start doula and midwife because she didn't really know that much. Mm. She didn't really heard that or nobody's really been talking about that especially in new york my mom was um her mom was sort of like her doula so mm-hmm. we thought about it as like she was just helping us but now i will really think about it yeah she's um she's like um her doula mm-hmm. um yeah we pretty much decolonize their minds and mm-hmm. learn your new things because sometimes you got to learn it from elders and people who came I before wanted, you mm-hmm. and people I who know more to- knowledge I wanted mm-hmm. to say something about consent, which is mm-hmm. really huge yes. in the birth world. Right. Because what is consent? Consent is like, hey, you want to zip the door? Yes or no? That's not consent. Thank yeah. you. Consent is like the informational piece around yep. it. So, again, that's how we empower and we advocate. It's not through telling people, like Zion said, like, you should just do this. It's more right. like this is the risk. <laughs> these are the benefits. And these are the alternative. Right. And, yeah. and really like understanding that the choices that we make right now can potentially impact you in 50 years yeah. mm-hmm. when your kid is taking care of you. You yeah. know, so. Yep. So, yeah, I think it's beautiful that your mom was assisted by your aunt and your grandmother because that's that's how it was always done. Yeah, exactly. And right. then white men came in and <laughs> basically criminalized the, you know, the lay midwives or the mm-hmm. what they call, quote unquote, the granny midwives in the South mm-hmm. because they realized this is business. Like people don't yep. break their arm yep. every day, yep. but right. people give birth like in the hundreds of thousands every mm-hmm. day around the world. Mm-hmm. And so it was it really was a cash crop. They use mm-hmm. women's bodies, mm-hmm. how we use the earth to mm-hmm. make money off of. And that's just in and of itself, just criminal. And it's not just mm-hmm. making money to live. We're talking mm-hmm. about making huge amount of profit and gains for the pharmaceutical industry mm-hmm. as well, mm-hmm. which That's we're right. finding that has high consequences. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Oh, can I add something? Um, yeah. Like my mom said about consent, um, let's go back to Cytotech. 
instead of saying you should have Cytotec because moms want to just be like, oh, just give me anything because I'm tired, you know? That's, to, to be honest with you, they just be like, oh, that helps me to go faster? Let's just do that. You have to talk to them, not just be like, well, this is a little, no. You got to, like, tell to them, like, these are, like, the benefits, this is what the risk, it's not for pregnancy or well, just for an example, um, and not it to mention the people who make side attack say don't use this for pregnant women. Yes, <laughs> it says friend. it right Explicitly, in the label. But yeah. a doctor is not going to tell you that when sure. they want to insert it in your vagina. Yeah, like, right. no, and most of the time, like moms don't want to like sit down reading, you know. Some mm-hmm. most of the time, so mm-hmm. they be like, okay, okay. Right. So it's pretty mind blowing when you think about it because I feel like they already know, like they're not going to probably not like look at it and you just be like oh then let's just do that you know mm-hmm. so if they choose to do that we have to support them but you also have to tell them be honest with them because while you're doing this work with them it's not just like oh this is my client you have to build a relationship with them people like just to like do it because they want money you know you have to build a relationship with them you got to talk to them how do you feel do you need some water maybe they want to talk about something that's up you know but don't make them like, oh, let's just talk about this, this. Because you have to let them talk to you. And you can ask, you can dance together, you know, build a relationship with them because they're going through something that is going to be beautiful. But you have to tell them that sometimes. Tell them, oh, you're doing great. Well, you're doing a wonderful job. Because sometimes they don't hear that every day. They mm-hmm. might hear the opposite. Mm-hmm. Um, They might not. But you still you want to keep telling them that, which is... One of the things I learned from a training, tell them doing a wonderful job, keep pushing, you know. Also, I want to say is more into, like, abusive men, not just, like, mostly, like, abusive. Like, people are forced or manipulate <laughs> to um, have a man or to be in your life, to um, have a baby. What really what helped us a lot instead of a man being in our lives is the community helped us a lot help pay some bills, get a car, because mm-hmm. we go go find me, you know, our people. Um, a lot of our fans are, that feel like we're inspiration. A lot, the community really helped us a lot and helped us um, go high. We started from the bottom, you know, now we're up there. Yeah, um, shout out to community. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> shout out. <laughs> For real, we social all need support. Yeah, social media right. helped, mm-hmm. helped us, friends, mm-hmm. family, um, their friends and family, strangers. Right. right. Mm-hmm. You know, people and who feel inspired by us. Shout fans. out to grandmas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. It just, it helped, they helped us, even from the little bit, little things, just starting from five, like from our GoFundMe, just $5. Mm-hmm. It just helped us get like three, like how much? $3,000 $3, to buy a car because right. my car was stolen. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You know, mm-hmm. the community helped us be here, you know? So, always like to you know thank the community because if the community wasn't here then we wouldn't be up here mm-hmm. right. absolutely or be here today because we got a car now so mm-hmm. <laughs> right <laughs> literally we would not be here <laughs> like seriously here. we'll be but here like 20 minutes late because <laughs> our uber pool <laughs> <laughs> or even have like money you know some right. people donate money yeah, so right. our family helps us mm-hmm. but who else helps the family our mm-hmm. the community helps my family mm-hmm. then comes to us mm-hmm. so i don't know where we'd be Mm-hmm. probably lost mm. yeah. yeah thank you so much for sharing that 
that gratitude that's so important to remember and to inspire folks to be able to recognize all of the gifts that we are surrounded by, regardless of whether or not we honor them accordingly, right? Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have any more questions? <laughs> I do. As a matter of fact, you're on a roll, so I should just keep them coming. Yeah. Well, I was first off, before asking another question, uh-huh. going to share... I really appreciate what y'all have both been saying about consent and this idea of right free, prior, yeah. and informed consent. So yeah, that cause... educational piece y'all were speaking to. So it's not yeah. just right. There's this toxic yeah. medical industrial complex that's saturating us in propaganda. Yeah. So then going to the opposite end of the spectrum and then trying to just pressure people when they don't actually understand why an alternative might make more sense for them, but really respecting people's dignity as a part of that process so they can, like you've mentioned, and I so appreciate Zion, actually decolonize their minds to be able to really understand more deeply why maybe alternative remedies might be more sensible, even to have some context for being able to make sense out of, say, the profiteering off of women's bodies, the medicalization of something as natural as birth, um, to have some sort of context context to situate all these really important topics that you've been bringing up. Because consent is a part of love. Thank you. You can say that again. We have to quote that. Consent is love. Thank you. Uh Words can change people's feelings. Words just sounds like words, but words really change things a lot. For example, suicide. People have been teasing people, you know? That's how words can really hurt people. Words can also make people feel loved, joyful, mad, you know? Also, words connect to consent and stuff, also connects to other things, and also connects to love, and also connects to, you know, hate and stuff like that. It just depends your tone to it. A lot of people say when you say things, also your tone. And so consent is pretty much love because in births and stuff, or if you ask people for stuff, you got to ask for consent or a hug or if they're feeling pain or a certain way. And they're going to feel still mad, but they're going to feel respected because if you just come up to them, they're going to feel even more bad. Yeah, consent is love in types of ways, different ways. And love is different things, but one of the things that is love is consent. Mm, thank you for that, Zion. How inspiring. And, you know, I also really love that so much of what you've both been speaking to really resonates with this idea of people taking their power back and remembering the power that we have. So even if we've been told otherwise, even if we've been lied to as if we don't have power, so much of what I see coming through the work that y'all are doing in the world and embodying it within yourselves is helping people remember how powerful we are. Not buying into those lies that would tell us, oh no, you need a doctor to be able to do all of this. You right. know, like I have like this um a kid that also um I used like comes to. <laughs> I have a first a kid that goes um sometimes goes to my school um mm. a lot mostly just talk about chemicals and how people are using to help children people. I'm not gonna say the name, but um a kid who um has to go you sometimes go to public school, but when they go to my school, um has like mental problems like they can't stop moving. But when they go to the um their public school, you know, um they have to take drugs to just cool down. They like say that you have to take a few pills and then you have to mm-hmm. go there. Um, so I feel like a lot of things that we're doing 
is um, also to help the body and the soul. And also, you need um, to cleanse your body. You need some, not just cleansing and stuff. Well, not just like things as cleansing is also helping the body because you need to help your body because that's, your body helps you, your legs, your arms, you know. Sometimes I'll be like, thank you, arm. Like, thank you, fingers. Mm-hmm. Like, thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, So a lot of things is also health and how we have to not just decolonize our mind, also cleanse our body because our body is helps us um, every day. That's That's how we move, how we live, and yeah. So this kid at Decolonize, they don't have to take medicine when they go to Decolonize. Yes, is that bec- their choice? Um, well, what do you mean? Say that again? You distinguish between when this kid goes to man school, which you call public school, and yeah. when they go to Decolonize, like, what? He doesn't need medicine, you know? It's hard because he likes, you know, likes fidgeting, fighting, distracting us. But we don't just, like, fight back. We deal with it, but we also, like, we don't try to mess up his mind we need to decolonize all their minds mm. because in the end of the day we're all a community so we also sometimes we have to act different around that person because they're an individual and also they're different and even though people call different people names and stuff in the end of the day that's still a person a human not an animal and so animals deserve love too yeah but still um <laughs> this person um you know we don't give him pills and stuff because we know that's not going to decolonize us. Mm. We call it decolonize academy for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's a real hard truth. Like uh-huh. Sometimes yeah. sometimes we don't have to take a pill to decolonize us because we watch videos of have, having a good diet, Um, mm. how people people have like a big bin of like pills to take every day. You, just, you know, there's like, well, I took two weeks of having a natural green diet and i'm i'm better than better you know so (laughs) things like that um decolonize academy has changed a lot uh mine i learned that i'm taino i learned Mm. different things not just about math science you know Mm -hmm. also learned more things about myself Mm. and other people and how i treat them and how they're different and how i have to act different for them it's not like i don't have to but if I don't, they're different. I'm not. I'm not gonna, you know, gonna be nice to them. And they have, you know, have things and problems at home and things in their body. You know, just things that they have. Drama happens. A lot of things. Um, but you have to decolonize yourself. But you also you have to be considerate to other people because that's also just being clen- cleansing yourself because other people are not going to be the same as you, you know? Mm. People are going to be different. Like, people have been dealt with drugs, all that stuff. I'm not going to go into that, but people are different living in the streets, and some people, they get into stuff, and sometimes you got to act calm, you know, and stuff because they've been dealt with some stuff, and you got to be considerate to them. Cause you you you're gonna be in, you're gonna get into problems when we're just trying to build a community full of love, you know. We're trying to not break the community, and we want to build the community into a better place instead of a multi-million corporation mm. m- run by empires and mm. Mm. colonizers or mm. the white man, mm. you know. 
in quotation marks. <laughs> I really appreciate that because, again, it falls away from this singular story, right? So if you don't act this kind of way, you're not a part of normal society. So we have to make you into a normal person by giving you these pills. Did anyone ask this kid, do they want to be on pills? No Did consent. Anyone, right. It's not a consensual situation. Does yep. this child even know what's actually going to happen or happen to their body? Do right. they understand that? Does the parent understand that? But no, but if you don't do this, right, if you don't take these pills, if you don't immunize these children, you if, you can't don't, be at the school. if you don't do mm-hmm. X, Y, and Z, you're not allowed into this society. And so right. that's that's a form of colonization. That's Thank a you. form of taking away people's autonomy instead of saying like, okay, this person is different. Mm -hmm. What can I do differently Mm -hmm. so that they can be included? What can I teach the other classmates Mm -hmm. in this class about this so that we can fall away from this idea of being independent and being interdependent? Because what happens when you separate people from one another, we don't learn how to to support one another. We learn how to just do our own thing Mm -hmm. and become this individual, you know, going back to individualization, which is very toxic to the earth mm-hmm, and to real. other people mm-hmm. and, and so that's why I appreciate Decolonize Academy because it's like it's like this idea that, that you hear in church come as you are you know the church is not really about come as you are <laughs> because if you gay some, you can't even go into so such much, a yeah, church yeah. right, right. <laughs> and also to um, um, connect to what you were saying so I went to this place and I explained something how also what we work is is also connected to the community because what we're doing is in the community so i talked about this thing at my school well at with my um tiny who's also one of the the co-founders of poor magazine and decolonize academy Mm -hmm. shout out to mama tiny and her mama d which is actually where the d comes from Mm d-e-e colonize Mm -hmm. academy Mm -hmm. her mama Mm -hmm. thank you so i also said like we're using other people's corporations and the end of the day we're using people's solutions when we can make our own solution of homefulness and our solution is decolonize academy Mm. because we don't need to use these solutions because if we could protest all day long all they're gonna do is just be like boom boom you know all they're gonna do is just right now they're actually building stuff to just keep us away and make our our words not be said and so in the end of the day we we can make our people made Food, clothes, all these things. We could just make our own solution. And my solution is Decolonize Academy because I'm going to do the people what they did before. And I don't need these corporations Mm. to take over what I have to say or whatever I need to do. I don't need to get a vaccine to go into a public school. Mm. If I have problems, I don't need to take pills to go into school either. Mm. I don't need to take shots. I don't need to take anything unless yeah. I want mm. it. Mm. Let's but do the revolutionary thing and connect to our bodies and minds and souls and find solutions that are not detrimental to our health. Mm. So <laughs> the we, radical idea. Shout Thank out you. to Decolonize Academy, right. Poor yes. Magazine, yes. because Baby Mama Hood is connected with other solutions, mm. with community. And Baby Mama Hood is a huge thing. It's not just a corporation like, mm-hmm. oh, this is the corporation. We mm. only do this. We're connected with other communities, and we also are f- inspired by them. Mm. So we also, instead of people, we're taking other people's things that w- they said to us, we're going to also bring them up with us mm. because mm-hmm. they helped us when we didn't know this stuff. So mm. we're going to bring them up with us and 
uplift them. If they can't say anything or they're scared or people are letting them down to say something, we're going to uplift them with us because Baby Mama Hood, we're going to make a community with Decolonize Academy, all the other people who are trying to do this stuff, and the people who been dealt with this stuff and people who are powered to do this, we're going to uplift them with us and we're going to take it into our journey. And hopefully this journey will keep going and going, like I said earlier. And nobody's going to stop us then. But right now, we're going to go up slowly so nobody knows. <laughs> we're still in the dark a little bit. Yeah, we're subterranean. Because we're not privileged right? people. We can't go up high. We got to save our money. So help us. <laughs> people who are listening, go help us. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to ask you a little bit more later about how people can get in touch to be sure. Thank yeah. you so Follow much for sharing Follow our Instagram, that. Baby Mama Hood, okay. and my Instagram, too. <laughs> what's your What's your Instagram? Uh, it is underscore family, underscore, and underscore, uh-huh. spirit, underscore. Okay. Family and spirit. Mm-hmm. Okay, thank you um, so much for sharing that. Yep. You know, something I appreciate so much about what you've both been sharing is this theme of restoring dignity to children also. So it not just being about the mamas and the caretakers, but also to youth. That's why it's called baby mama hood, because the babies and the mamas. (laughs) Yes. Thank you so much for that. Right. Because, you know, one aspect of this oppressive dominant society that we're in that I would love for people to be taking so much more seriously and revolutionary and radical in decolonial spaces is ageism, is how Mm. folks write off being non-consensual to children in so many ways that are just so hierarchical and so oppressive that they wouldn't perpetuate when it comes to so many other isms, whether it's racism, classism, you know, this idea that's really Really rooted in this yeah. Eurocentric notion of mm-hmm. children as, and then fill in the blank all of these horrible biases, right. you know, uh, <laughs> that, you know, I mean, maybe there might be a time, of course, right, if a toddler is running into the street, then to be sure, a caretaker is going to maybe non-consensually pull them out right. of the street. Yeah. Obviously. Uh-huh. And, right, precisely, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, so for y'all to be really also modeling for folks, showing what it could mean to really be cultivating consensual relationships with kids also is so necessary. Thank you for that piece, too. And also, if you guys hear the song, the Baby Mama song. (laughs) Yes. It's it's your baby mama. That song is sort of making a little bit of fun of that baby mama word, Mm -hmm. I have to say. Even though it's a poppy song, it's a nice beat. Like, like dancing to it, mm-hmm. it is sort of making fun of the word. So also, they're also making songs of the word baby mama to make mm-hmm. fun of it. So if you have heard that song, you might know what I'm talking about, but it's a song. Okay. I, I really appreciate you like naming that outrightly in, in terms of hierarchy and how we treat kids because that's one of the key things in our relationship is that you know, sometimes life is so rough that we don't really consider children and their feelings because it feels like it's, it's beneath us, right? Yeah. But then we have to, like, I had to make a decision when I was when I was pregnant with Zion. I said to myself, what kind of 
child do I want to have? Right. And I think that's if you're pregnant right now, you're listening to this, like really ask this question. And and it goes beyond like, I want to be I want them to be a doctor. or I want them to be a lawyer. (laughs) Like it's go. It's like way beyond that. And what I settled on was I want Zion to have high self-esteem. I want her to grow up thinking that she's a shit and she knows it. (laughs) And also, you know, also be humble. Right. But like I want her to know that and I never want her to doubt her power. Like that's that's what I wanted. And so I have to listen to her when she's crying because someone took her lollipop and I'm like, girl, it's not even that serious. Like, why is this even (laughs) like if I because I'm then I'm planting those seeds of what you say doesn't even matter. Mm -hmm. It's a little thing. Right. Mm -hmm. But to her and her age and where she's at, it's a huge deal. Right. And then at the same breath, parenting is is like a lot of it's a balancing act right we also have to create balance in that because i also see children out there who don't respect no one Mm -hmm. because they come from these parents like i just want them to be free and Mm -hmm. everyone to be free but freedom Mm -hmm. ends where my nose be like your freedom ends where my nose begins right Mm -hmm. and so we have to be really conscious also about how we talk to our children around consent too because freedom doesn't mean that you get to do what you want to do when you want to do it thank you right Right. but also yes please listen to your children please take their feelings hella serious even if you think it's not a big deal to you we really need to validate children's feelings and we really need to do that and model that behavior to them while they're young so that we can actually rise them up and not continually bring them down thank you and also i want to go into something that my mom said was very interesting but i also want to bring out something else is um people want to let their children you know do something what they're planning out their life for them is a good word to say, and um, well, I feel like people that my mom did this um interview for like an assignment of uh, mom people who want to be mamas or pregnant or whatever, talking about like having questions. And one of the questions, and I one of the persons that she reached out to was this woman. I don't really know her name, but she was saying that she wanted her child to be whoever they could be gay. They could be, you know, whatever. They could like boys or girls. They could um, be tomboy or tomgirl, you know. But a lot of people say that those things, that's not good. Or a lot of, like, Christian, you know, stuff. A lot of people say in Bibles or, like, being those things are harmful or you're, God doesn't like you're going to hell, things like that. And when people ask me, do you believe in God and stuff, I say, yeah, because... God is not this white dude that we see in the book. God is not a dude, period. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. It's not a dude. How, how do you know? Have you seen right. him? No, mm. sorry. So mm. they um, there's copies and copies. There's different Bibles. And um, colonizers came, I would say. I'm not going to say white people or not bring labels because I don't know who. Made different versions of the Bible and made him a white man who doesn't like you know being this and that and making rules and so now people who believe this person i will say empire who is controlling he's not bad dude god i love you but (laughs) saying he's not a white dude but i also say orishas and i believe in those things like mother nature and there's different things you know we have ancestors yes there's orishas that are meant to not trying to you know bow down on the men um men do things too but women have to stand up to you know i know a lot about women because i i can't speak for the men because i'm not a man and i don't 
know what they've been through, but as a woman, as a young woman, I have to say that women have been bowed down and have to listen to the men and can't do things that men can do, but which it's actually the other way around. They oh. can't do what we do. Ooh, that's our new quote. They can't. They can't birth babies. Mm-hmm. You know, they they can't do that. They can't breastfeed a baby. You know. No, but you <laughs> think like we can't wear pants or I don't know, just things like that. How we can't do or we can't do this. Well, what about you can't do this. <laughs> you want to play with me? <laughs> but also recognizing that there's more ancient. Right. understanding and mm-hmm. text yes. than the Bible. That's why right. when we start a circle with people, I always say, what is, what do you prefer? She, her, because people, you know, people have things that they prefer. In, mm-hmm. And I'm not going to be like, sometimes they prefer they. I live with people mm-hmm. who prefer they mm-hmm. or he, her, she, matter, right. or they don't care. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of things um, like that and how the Bibles also say that you have to date a woman and mm. a man where belong together only. So that's just a thing that also includes that women think that um, they have to have a baby and have a man with mm. them and force or be in an abusive mm-hmm. relationship but think that mm. if they're not with them that they don't have a life or they have no life to live. Yeah. They don't matter. Mm. Yeah, mm-hmm. they don't matter or mm-hmm. their family Family's not gonna love them the same way or think mm. of them differently, right. or people would think of them differently. So right. that's what I want to say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Any more questions? Thank you for oh, that. Okay. No, I appreciate your mentioning that. You know, it's funny actually. Just on the way over here to the studio, I had maybe for the first time in my life that I can remember a Lyft driver, a younger black woman, asked me something along the lines of um, if I had accepted Jesus Christ, the Lord is my savior. <laughs> and uh, so it's so real to this day in 2018, that biblical pressure in the U.S., yes. right? And so what? thank you so much for honoring the role that that plays story. in this. Like, seriously, mm-hmm. I was like in New York and I was with my family, of course. My uncle, my grandpa, my grandma were going to his girlfriend's house and the Uber driver. My uncle was in the front seat, was talking to the person like gay, the Bible, all that stuff. My grandma started, she's Christian, so she started being like, oh, this is horrible, blah, 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 blah you know, doing that, that. So I'm not not saying my, my grandma's a horrible person, but that's what she has been learned. Her, um, She learned how to read the Bible. The Bible is what she reads. And if you start reading these things, reading gives you information, you know. So she learned that, and she learned that, and learned that. And now she's really into it because she, her, all her belief is in that. Like she trusts that. So mm. now, when you're really into it, and nobody has been convincing you or taught you other solutions, then you just you go blow off on people sometimes because you're like, well, I learned this, and now you are wrong. I'm right, you know. I researched. I read 30 books about this. I'm right, you know? So, like I said earlier, you can't make them the victim because that's what they have learned almost their whole life. Mm. And that's why I'm teaching people this, if they hear this, so they can learn this and also decolonize our bodies. Because sometimes we try to tell her, like, we accept these things, but she, she you know, we have to sometimes lie to her sometimes, which is really sad. But sometimes we don't want to be all out, you know, just saying, oh, no, this is horrible, you mm-hmm. know. And so, but like I, also, I said, is 
she doesn't want to take in the new information. So that's why I said earlier, sometimes you need to sit down and learn from other people, the people who came before, or people who learned this from people who came before. And not just decolonize yourself, but also decolonizing yourself and your and cleansing yourself is not just, you know, learning it from yourself. You got to learn from other people sometimes. Also, when you're trying to cleanse and you're taking all this out, you also need to take some in, you mm. know, and good energy and um, good information that can actually help you forward. So I'm going to let my mom talk. And just not be so divisive. <laughs> that's it. It's like mm-hmm. whenever there's division, that's not God. Thank you. There's no ceremony in that. There's no mm. togetherness in that yeah. at all. And also colonizers i have to bring them up again you know how you know hawaii when they do the uh hawaiian dance with the skirts hula, hula? so people thought oh the men now colonizers change it up a bit because it used to be actually a ceremony but now if they flipped it up now now everybody's doing it and all the men out because they have less clothes on you know like mm. ooh, look at her Thank you so, for that. So hula is actually, I, learned, I didn't know, but hula is actually a ceremony, which is, you know, it's mm-hmm. not like, ooh. It's not entertainment yeah. for the consumption of mm-hmm. the male gaze. So mm-hmm. people, like, they switch up things that are like ceremonies or rituals from other people who came before. And now colonizers switching it up into another solution um, that's a better solution quotes mm-hmm. for them but when you really think about it when you learn that you're like dang i thought these um some of these streets used to be the hood now they're just um privileged people rich people but when when people think like oh that was like that forever but when you learn that you're like what but that was like a hood before you know mm-hmm. or that used to be a garden or something mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and things like that so you have to also, like I said, cleanse, but you also have to take in. Mm, thank you. Uh, well, you know, we're actually already at time. So Whoa. I just want to ask really quickly if folks would <laughs> like to be in touch with you all, how can they do that? Well, one of the things I would say is social media, which is really right now. Um, you can also um, go babymama.com. So I'll t- I'll take over on this part, please. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so we are we are on www.babymamahood.com. So that's yeah. B-A-B-Y-M-A-M-A-H-O-O-D.com. We're also on you Facebook. Can- um, I'm Juju Angeles on Facebook. And I'm Zion Angeles on Facebook. Okay. And How then- do you spell your last name, please? Angeles, like Los Angeles, A-N-G-E-L-E-S. Repeating. A-N-G-E-L-E-S. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for that. And so if folks wanted to reach out either to get involved or to support the work that you're doing, would those be the best places for them to check out? I would out? say to sign up on the on the website. Um, there's like a place where they can put their email. It's on babymama.com. And then our hope, our hope, babymamahood.com. And I hope that um, in the next coming weeks we have something up and we'll let people know. You'll be the first one to know when we launch our project. Yeah. And awesome. you can also follow us on Instagram. I will say earlier, it's also babymama.com. It's not... Um, Baby Mama Hood. No space. Baby Mama Hood. <laughs> yes, Baby Mama Hood. Sorry. Okay. Um, and also, you can um, follow us and you can also try to message us, oh, this I like your you know work, whatever. Yeah, and please also, reach out to yeah, us. Don't mm-hmm. feel free. We are not... 
mean people. <laughs> okay? Oh, you, not all the time. Yeah. <laughs> and then we also, you can follow me, Zion. And also, my um, Instagram is underscore family underscore and underscore spirit underscore. And I'll say it again, underscore family, F-A-M-I-L-Y underscore and Everybody knows how to spell and, A-N-D, duh. And underscore, spirit, S-P-I-R-I-T, underscore. Awesome. Thank you so much for that and to both of you for your time and your energy today and everything that you shared so generously and the work that you're doing in the world. Really appreciate having you on the show. Yes. yes thank you so much. Yes. Amazing. So thank you, the community, and the Colonize Academy Report Magazine. Mm-hmm. Go check out their website. Um, they're vi- they're also doing a school. They have a school, so if you like to go in the school, it's really yeah, powerful. The Conlice mm-hmm. Academy is raising money for their project Homefulness and for the school to keep going. They were not going to open up next year, mm-hmm. but through support in the community, folks have been um, have been donating. If you want to find out more, please go to poormag.org. And awesome. also, if you can reach us too, that's cool. And we. Also going to work on a website. So if you go to babymamahood.com, then you will um, see our website when it comes up and you can stay in tune. Great. My name is Zion Angeles, A-N-G-E-L-E-S. And this is Juju Angeles. Angeles. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you again both so much for everything that you shared. We'll have to have you back on the show at another time. Yeah. Thank you for I listening. Love that. In closing, let's end with a short poem by one of today's guests. This poem is called Decolonize, and it's by Zion Angelus. So you think it's fine to abuse a 100 woman of eviction. It's not healthy for us to swallow up and chew discrimination, slash eviction, and our thirst. Us brown slash black people were born to cook and clean for you whites. Us colored folks were born to book, be booked by slave masters that you didn't know. Did your mama ever tell you to listen to your elders? Hmm, did your mama ever tell you to respect your elders? That's pretty cringy if they didn't. And if they did, you're disrespecting them. Well, our new president, Donald Duck of the United States, FYI, Donald Trump, and he wanted America great again. It was never great ever for color folks. At least we learn common sense and care for others while you white folks wear masks. We try to be on top of our game. I'm sorry I was caring for being independent and no homeowner recognizing. Hopefully you in a great place and you can see your ancestors and fly. The power of the people is out of the evil. That's it for today's episode of Feral Visions, a decolonial feminist podcast brought to you by the Grassroots Adult Freedom School Liberation Spring. I've been your host, Anjali Nathupadia, and I thank you for listening. What did this dialogue evoke for you? You're welcome to post questions and reflections in the comment section below to continue our collective journey of unlearning, remembering, and imagining. If you want to share feedback, such as segment ideas or potential guests you'd like to hear on the show, email liberationspring at gmail.com. And don't forget to follow Feral Visions on SoundCloud or iTunes, where you can find our free show archive. The Liberation Spring YouTube page also has the video recordings of most all of our dialogues, too. 
If you'd like more information on this show's topic, including upcoming online classes and one-on-one community independent studies, check out liberationspring.com. To donate to the project, check out Liberation Spring's Patreon page. Thanks to Climbing Poetry for our theme song, We Rise for technical production, and Grammy Award-nominated Zion Angelus of Baby Mamahood for our opening. Please consider leaving a rating or review so others can find out about the show. Be sure to tune in for next week's episode. And in the meantime, let's make our ancestors proud. (laughs) 